0: Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for this bonus kickstarter episode of the adventure games podcast for this episode i spoke with arman Sandu, the developer at frostwood interactive and he spoke to me about how and why he quit his day job to found the company and he spoke to me in more detail about his first game Rainswept, which was one of my favorite games of 2019 And then he spoke in more detail about his upcoming game, Forgotten Fields. Now, when we spoke, he didn't have a title yet for the game, and he didn't start a Kickstarter. But the game is out now on Kickstarter. You can play a demo, you can watch a trailer, you can back it. And you can find out more about what he hopes to achieve with this game right here. So, um, yeah, please enjoy. I am joined this week by Arman from Frostwood Interactive, developer of Rain one of my favorite games of last year. So, hello, Arman, how are you? How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm doing well, thanks. And thanks uh, for me having for having me on the show. Uh,
0: thank you for joining me. I've been meaning to get you on this podcast for a while because. As I said to you before we start recording, Rain Swept, I believe, was the first game that I officially reviewed on the podcast, I believe, and uh, we can talk about more of that later. But several people have asked me to have you on the show, so delighted to have you here. So um... yeah, I'm
1: glad to be here. Now <laughs> I've been following your, you know, your Twitter, your social stuff, so it's nice to actually be on something which I was following. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, yeah. thank, you, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, likewise, I've been following your Twitter and watching your progress with your new game as well. And, yep. <laughs> and the release of Raidswept as well. So look forward to finding more about that. About that. So before we start talking about Raidswept, because yeah. I'm sure there's a lot to talk about with this game. it's. Um, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and let us know what your favorite adventure slash narrative games are.
1: Okay, uh, so I'm Arman, and as you already said, I'm the de- developer of Rainswept, uh, which was my first title. And I'm currently working on my second game, uh, which is still untitled. And I've been making games for about almost three years now. So Rainswept, I started, uh, three years ago. So I didn't really make anything before that. I was an architect. And yeah, so basically I just t- transitioned from that to being an indie game dev.
0: Yes, because you actually wrote about another thing that I meant to, to talk to you about. You're also very kind. You wrote on Reddit, I believe, where yeah. you went into detail to give advice to other adventure game de- or game developers about uh, decisions you made to go full-time into indie development and how you can yeah. afford it and sales of your game and how you're able to make, make money as well, which was really detailed compared to most other people. <laughs> but, yeah. Um but so you are you a full time game developer now?
1: Yeah. So since the since uh six months into developing working on Draincewept, I left my job and I started working on this full full time. Okay. And so that was like mid two thousand seventeen.
0: Okay, wow. That was a pretty big decision to make, to, <laughs> to go from an architect to a game developer. And uh, I don't know if you, you want to say, but are, do you are you happy with that decision? Do you feel it was the right yeah. decision? To Yes?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I haven't doubted it from the beginning. So it's one of those things, you know, it's like a big decision, but at the same time it feels really easy because it's like you're leaving something, you don't really have any... Uh, feelings for to something that you've always wanted to do so you know even if it's a little risky little scary mm. it's still like the easiest thing to do so it's kind of like that
0: right you're following the dream basically that you've wanted to make games and now you're you're going headlong <laughs> heading into it
1: yeah. a- i mean i did do my research as well so it wasn't completely kind of a blind thing you know So I kind of looked up games and, you know, uh, games of small scope that only focus on the story and uh, checked out how many sales they made and uh, how much money that would have earned and whether I can live off that money, whether that compares to my, compared to my salary at the time. So it was like, if I can make something reasonably good, which I think I can, uh, after, you know, I tried out all the software, Unity and everything, I was like, okay, I think I can do this and kind of took a calculated jump after that.
0: Right, no, absolutely. So it wasn't just a last minute snap decision that you made. Oh, I'm going to go full time. You actually did your research and you prepared for it. So, (laughs) and um, no, well, I would definitely recommend that people read what you wrote and read. I'll see if I can add a link to it on the show notes because you you gave some great advice and you went into really a lot of detail about your your own circumstances about why you were able to make this decision and why you were able to to do this and why it was successful for you and yeah. um so but as I said I do admire you just going straight into it like yeah this is what I want really to do and um and I I for one I'm delighted because I played Rain, Rain Sept and as you know I I loved it um but first of all what what's uh what are your favorite narrative adventure games or or any games with narrative in them do you have any favorites yeah.
1: so um like you might expect because uh Rainswept had sort of a point and click kind of a, a look but not really but sort of you know a lot of mm-hmm. people call it that so you might expect those would be my favorites but i'm not like to be honest i'm not much of an adventure game guy so you know being on an adventure games podcast i'm just like i should talk about that uh it's more uh in adventure games these more recent uh narrative type games so like you know life is strange yes. uh, what remains of edith finch um i guess adventure games are sort of different now than what they were before you know the old school ones uh yeah so my introduction has been more of the recent games uh, but overall in favorite games it would be like uh, role-playing games anything with a good story so Bioware games you know Mass Effect Dragon mm-hmm. Age um, then The Elder Scrolls games Fable Fallout a lot of you might say you know uh, like I'm making really small scope narrative type games but These are like very big AAA games with an immersive world and everything. So it's like, yeah, when I try to make something, it's like, what can I make which, you know, has those aspects as well. So story, a good world and everything.
0: Right. right, In
1: games, it's basically, for me, anything with a good story and a good world.
0: Right, because those games certainly do have good stories and great world building as well, uh, yeah. that they're, they're, they're huge as well, that you just go in and they have you know they're very detailed Um <laughs> yeah. and, and you know with choices as well. and I, I just recently, well, uh, time recording, finished Life is Strange season one, which I really enjoyed overall, and I'm still playing the prequel before the yeah. storm, and then I'm going to go into season two. Have you played the prequel?
1: Yes, and I actually like it a lot more than this first season.
0: Oh, okay. Season. Yeah, it, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's because at first I was thinking, why are they making a prequel? We have all the you know, we know everything we want to know about the characters, but, yeah, they still managed to surprise us. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was like the story and the characters, I don't know, uh, especially Rachel's character. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I could really like relate to the whole situation and it was a lot more, I don't know. Uh, a lot more emotional for
0: me. Okay, yeah. I mean, the first season was was emotional as well. It was. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I was I was like, oh wow, because all the really really difficult choices that you had to make, that, <laughs> I was like, oh really? Do I have to make these choices? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, with your game, as so you said, you started working on Rainsoft a few years ago. You you quit your job to work full time as indie game developer, and you founded frostwood interactive was that around the same time that you started working on the game i imagine
1: yeah so it was all around the same time uh uh basically there was an overlap of about six months and uh like to give exact dates and everything it was like january of 2017 was when i started working on the game while keeping my job and uh around may i left the job and just went full time and moved in with my at my parents' place, and yeah.
0: Okay, so so that helped, as you mentioned in the in your Reddit uh, article, yeah. that it helped you pay the bills then as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, keep everything as affordable as possible for the development.
0: Sure, and then it was uh, so that seems like you use resolution to make your own adventure game in January 2017.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it kind of worked out like that. I'd been thinking a few months before that, and yeah, this is a whole story. <laughs> it would take a lot of time to tell the whole thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you actually succeeded in making it because a lot of us, when we have New Year's resolutions, we don't follow through on them. But you more than followed through on this one. <laughs> yeah. And what were your objectives then when you when you first started the studio? What what kind of games do you really want to make, or that's as your objective to make?
1: Um, so yeah, like I said about, you know, the favorite games of mine, all these Bioware and, uh, my all time favorite game actually is the first Witcher. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, which is sort of unusual. You always hear Witcher 3, but you not know, the first Witcher and the story in that and the atmosphere in that basically those are the kind of games story focused and the world characters. Mm-hmm.
0: And so it was the the first witcher. Is there any reason why, because as you mentioned, everyone loves the third witcher. Is there any reason uh, why the first witcher uh, stands out to you more?
1: I played it in I think two thousand eight or something, uh, just when the enhanced edition had come out, so basically, I did play it you know before there was Witcher Three, and uh I mean, again, a long story behind why and how I played it like uh, I played Fable before that Fable the lost mm-hmm. chapters and I was looking for similar games so ended up at the Witcher and yeah the story and the characters like it was very different like even if you play it now uh, it has a very strong flavor which is still there in Witcher 3 but it's kind of lesser in the first Witcher the music and everything it's really unique really different. And, you know, a really dark world and uh, the great choices and everything. At that time, there was, I think, very few games coming out at that time which had such difficult choices. And, yeah, then Witcher 2 came out. And, you know, expectations. So after the first Witcher, I was like, oh, it's going to be amazing. And, yeah, so Witcher 3, it was... I need to replay it, actually. (laughs) So... uh, but I think the first Witcher just got its moment to make an impression on me, you know, the first chance. So mm. then I was always comparing the next ones to the first one.
0: Sure, yeah. I've, I still have to play the games myself. I've just finished reading the books and watching okay. the TV series. Yeah. And so now the next, the next part is to play the games because I've heard that they're all pretty good. and uh, But I, I want to start from the first one when I finally have time. <laughs> so I don't you know have not that will the be.
1: third one also?
0: No, I haven't played any of them yet. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, just with adventure games, you know, not considering all these big titles, but just right. with adventure games, there are so many. And I very naively thought I could cover uh, all adventure games when I first started the podcast, mm-hmm. but there's no way I can do that. It's, there are, there are yeah. so many, which is great. It's, it's a, it's, you know, It's great to see that the adventure game genre is once again, it might not be mainstream, but it's still doing particularly well. The, yeah.
1: Definitely, I think it's a good sort of a entry point for a lot of new developers. I mean, I say that as one.
0: Exactly. You
1: know, it's kind of manageable technically.
0: Right. Yes. Now, well, as you mentioned, if you do your research and plan, it's possible to to become a game developer and be successful. Because that's one question that I that I ha- or that people have when they speak to me is, do you think it's possible to be a full time game developer? I said, well, there are some who, who are. So yeah, if I think if you plan ahead correctly, yeah. then it would be possible. But yeah,
1: um, it, but, yeah it's definitely risky as well. Like you might have read it in one of those posts of mine. Like a big advantage I have is I live in a place where costs of living are pretty affordable, um, you know, like in more expensive countries. You would definitely like, I with my earnings, I'd probably need another job. Mm. But living here in India, it's like, uh, I can live on this as my only source of income,
0: right? So, there
1: are a lot of kind of you know, uh, ifs, ifs and everything,
0: right? Yes, it's uh, it, again, it deals with your own personal situation because I can imagine if you live in New York or London yeah. or Toronto or, or Paris yeah. it would be more difficult <laughs> with the cost Definitely. there. Um, but yeah, so then with Rainswept, he started working on this game. And then I was wondering if you could let us know what is the the story in this game? What is the, the main setup? For the new one or
1: Rainswept? Uh,
0: for Rainswept. Rainswept. Yeah, so for people who haven't played it, for people who haven't really checked it out yet, so so just, again, the the elevator pitch, if you will.
1: Yeah, so basically it's a very uh, Twin Peaks kind of a murder mystery. It's based in a small, rainy kind of a town, and you play as a detective uh, called in to investigate a double shooting. So the case is that a couple, they're found dead in their kitchen. And everybody in the town thinks that it was murder suicide that you know they some of they killed each other basically, and you know because they had a very turbulent kind of a relationship and you as the detective you've got to talk to people uh, listen to all the rumors and everything and figure out what really happened so you do that by hearing people's stories and you also get to play uh through sections which show you know how chris and Diane how they met, and their whole relationship. So you do that by uh, playing as Chris in kind of flashback sequences. And uh, and then in the normal investigation time, uh, the detective, he also has his own kind of uh, issues going on at the same time. So he's kind of getting, uh, you know, hallucinations and stuff. So they're kind of like two parallel stories and yeah it's basically a lot of exploring the town kind of drinking in the small town atmosphere and talking to characters so gameplay wise it's sort of similar to night in the woods and yeah just a murder mystery based uh focused on the narrative basically
0: yeah yeah definitely it uh as, as i said you know it it, it is a story based game but and it also had a big effect on me and other people who I've spoken to as well, because I was, when I first saw the game, I was thinking, oh, this looks interesting. It's a detective murder mystery, which I enjoy anyway, but then it's so much more as well, because we go really deep into the characters. That's, and also there, you know, kind of some dark humor at least that I found because when you play Detective Stone and you mentioned he has his own issues that he has hallucinations and I admit I kind of laughed when we first play as him and he first gets okay. to the crime pr- scene and the yeah. first thing he does is he faints. Yeah. Was thinking, this is not a good start. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, and the, the chief is like, um, okay. Yeah, are you okay? You know, he's kind of like words, what, what the hell?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I can imagine if the ch- if the chief there is like, Who is this guy? Why did I send this supposedly great detective from the city yeah. <laughs> and the first thing he does is he collapses when, at, the, at the crime scene <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean the animation's also kind of basic so they kind of make the whole thing even a little bit more odd at the same time the way he collapses
0: right yeah I mean I,
1: yeah.
0: I, I, was, I was laughing anyway but yeah de- definitely it's, um, it's and then you know we find out more about the detective which obviously I'm not going to give away but then it was yeah. kind of like a parallel with the couple as well who we play as and as, as I mentioned to you before recording I think yeah. it was a great decision to not just play as the detective but to play as one of the victims as well because that way we, we get to know the victims. We get to know their, their lives, how they met, and then how they were in their relationship, which was definitely yeah. very turbulent. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, th- how early had you decided to that we play the two characters? Was that from the very beginning, or did you decide later on that we play as as Chris as one of the victims as well?
1: Uh, from from the beginning, from what I can remember, because uh, uh, so like I had a few different ideas which I always wanted to kind of write something about so one of them was to show the lifespan of a relationship and you know the whole the honeymoon phase and
0: mm-hmm. things
1: going good and then bad and then how knowing someone kind of gives them power and everything all those uh, details of a relationship and when I decided to make a game and I thought that I wanted to make a murder mystery I kind of wanted to still write that story as well. So yeah, I just kind of actually added that story into this story and uh, that way I could show a relationship as well as a story in this story.
0: Okay, so the relationship was first and then you added the murder mystery as well, Is that uh, correct or no. the other way around?
1: Yeah, the other way around.
0: Oh, sorry, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it still worked very well, I think, when you had uh, the murder mystery. because like I said, we get to know the characters more deeply. Um, yeah, and...
1: I mean, I I like the idea of uh, uh, you know, when you know how it's going to end, and mm. but you kind of see them in their happier moments, and you kind of feel happy, but then you're reminded that okay, wait, this doesn't end well. So that's kind <laughs> of like a, it's an interesting emotion, which I think like even in the game to the moon, if you've played.
0: Yes, yes, I love that game.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that was also an inspiration. So uh you basically this, in the beginning of the game itself, you know that this man is dying, and then there are all these happy moments you play through and uh but you always have that thing in mind that a that he's about to die and b this is just we are kind of creating memories for him, mm-hmm. so th- that is something interesting I wanted to do as well,
0: yes, no, definitely we. We know when they first see each other, when they first meet each other at the party, and then they yeah. they they start, you know, with their relationship as well and they go on a boat and they seem happy. even then they yeah. have some, some issues and but you we think oh because I was thinking, God, I really hope that they can work through these and then I think, Oh wait, no, no, it's not gonna end well for them but and then I, I was still hoping, thinking, Wow, hopefully is it really them? You know, maybe yeah, you know, maybe it'll be okay. But yeah, we know from the very first scene. <laughs> um and d- then also uh, I mean there is also in the uh, town we also see because there's the assistant to detective Michael Stone who is I believe is yes, it Amy Blunt? Yes. and yes that and she's always very empathetic she's always trying to help detective yeah. Michael Stone she and she's one of the, the nicer people as well. Um yeah. Uh, how did that character come about? Did, she, did you come about with her character from the beginning as well?
1: Uh, so, yeah, this is one of the things which I d- don't clearly remember.
0: But, uh, <laughs> a long time ago. It's been a
1: while. Yeah. But I kind of always had this image of whoever the partner officer is going to be. It's like, you know, this detective is kind of like all, I don't know, slumping or something. He's, mm. And she's the one who's dragging him up. That was always the image I had. So I just kind of kept following that image. So basically she picks him up and kind of gets him to... So, I mean, it's difficult to, you know, not give away things about (laughs) the ending of the story. Mm. But basically she's kind of the force which tries to encourage him to make the journey or whatever. yeah
0: yeah yes. they can yes no i I know what you mean because it's hard to hard to say without giving spoilers, but I don't think that's that's a spoiler that he's the one yeah. we see we see he's clearly suffering, we see that something is shall say, on his mind, and he's as as you mentioned hallucinations, um yeah. but she's very she's very nice to him, she's very friendly, she's trying to dig to see you know what's wrong with him and what she can do to help, which I thought yeah. was really nice that. Because a lot of times we would have maybe to be uh, fighting together, you know, the, the two characters mm-hmm. be fighting and at odds with each other. But in this case, it was she's a nice person who was concerned about him, even though they didn't know each other.
1: Which... I was actually sort of tempted as well, because you have all these, you know, typical buddy cop kind of situations where they're always kind of arguing. And mm-hmm. one of the shows, Broadchurch, which was an inspiration Uh they have that kind of a helpful, but also kind of against, at odds with each other kind of situation. So I was interested in doing that as well, but uh, most of the time that aspect of her was stronger. Basically, it's like she has this need, like that turned mm. out to be her dominant trait, you know, being more supportive rather than any other personality thing.
0: Yes. D- definitely, because they, Dave Gilbert mentioned that as well for his game, Unavowed, that at first he had the characters that they, were again, were arguing with each other and being sarcastic and snarky and sassy with each other. But then he thought, this is actually not that interesting. It's kind of boring. But then he just changed that they would be, you know, nice to each other, helpful for each other, caring towards each other. And he found well, oh, this is much better. And I would agree as well. And that's what I found in this game as well. It's really refreshing to see the the, the, the assistant or this, the the second um, the partner, or Michael Stone, just be there for him whenever he needed her. So, um, because there was enough conflict with uh, with the two other characters, with Diane and Chris, and yeah. one yeah. thing as well that impressed me is that you also again without giving anything away, you touch on you deal with some you know you re- reference some kind of abuse and mental illness as well which is very hard to i'm sure write about you know very yeah. but it was very sensitively done in this game that and also felt very real that it felt like because i i knew some people yeah. like it that yeah um did you do any research on any of it as well to to do, to do this
1: yeah uh, a <laughs> lot of research a lot of reading and um, yeah, I was quite worried, actually, because, uh, you know, it is something like you, I did what I knew. So basically, it was just, you know, writing the truth kind of thing. So that was something like, OK, uh, uh, it's not like I'm trying to create it for just for entertainment or something. Um, it's what I have seen or what I have heard those kind of things so it's at least it's honest mm. so that was that was the kind of um you might say a waypoint uh, but at the same time I was worried like okay I don't know how whether it's been written sensitively or not and uh so I was really glad when it, the review started coming out and they uh clearly mentioned that they uh liked how it was written and yeah uh A lot of reading about it, um, online mostly. So that's a great thing, you know, like you can read so much nowadays. You don't have to find books and everything. And a lot of movies, again, in movies, you kind of have to sort through what also depicts it correctly and what does not. Um, But yeah, and uh, people I've met and experiences I've had kind of trying to tie it all together
0: right because it i think it's we can see that there was research done that because in a lot of cases in a lot of stories are as you mentioned movies especially hollywood movies when they try and deal with mental illness or these difficult topics it's you just think well, no this doesn't feel right and it's it's just no this doesn't seem like this is how it it really is but In this game, it did feel really real, and the two characters, Diane and uh, Chris, believe his name is that. If if they do felt like real people, that you know they're three dimensional. They, they, you know, they had their issues, but at their heart, they were seemed like good people who were trying to do the best that they could with you know in their circumstances as well. So, yeah,
1: that was pretty important to for these two characters to not seem kind of you know. Uh, kind of villain and not villain or uh, some you know somebody's being completely unreasonable or something like that so the writing process kind of happened over months and months uh, while developing the game so it was not all pre-written and yeah some answers come during development so one of the things that came is like you know why why Diane is uh, acting the way she is and why Chris is acting the way he is And they kind of, basically the reason is they want different things without realizing it. And that, along with their, uh, you might say, traumas and everything, it's kind of becoming a very dangerous cocktail. And one of the movies which was kind of helpful in that was Before Midnight. Mm. Uh, The whole Before trilogy. So... One of the, I read some article about Before Midnight about somebody who analyzed the two characters. And uh, it's like the dialogues, what they talk about is something else, but the subtext is something completely different. And both, they don't kind of understand that because they're not able to communicate it. And that is sort of what I tried to have happen in this.
0: So I haven't seen those movies, but I've heard a lot of good things okay. about them. So, but, but yeah, I mean, from what you're saying as well, that they want different things, but then it's kind of like a cocktail that, and we know anyway that things are going to end badly. But, but again, from what I remember, there are no like villains, no heroes, just real people trying to get on with their lives. Even though this story is serious and even though it can get dark in places, it's also quite humorous at times. (laughs) And there was, with the... Uh, well the old man and old woman and the old man is yeah. flirting with the old woman <laughs> that, that I quite liked as well that every day that he's still trying to you know to, to flirt with her and she's having none of it and but I just thought yeah that that could be like uh, you know with my grandmother and or with other older people that I know <laughs> uh, how did that how did that come about how did you come up with, uh, with so, these characters yeah it's
1: pretty uh, interesting because now I'm you know, I'm working on the second one, and I kind of look back, like, okay, how did I write these guys? And uh, so, especially, like, the grandpa, and all the uh, people you meet in the town, they were kind of written uh, organically on the spot. So, I didn't really have anything in mind for them. I just kind of drew up a character, and I'm like, okay, he's got to say something, what does he say? And I would start writing dialogues within Unity itself, and all these town characters, they kind of came up like that. So, uh, kind of like, I was having conversation with them. Um, and, and yeah, grandpa thing, his personality was like, uh, pretty easy to write once I understood what it is. So, okay, you know, he's this kind of a guy. Uh, kind of, uh, I don't know how to talk, like, what do you call it, horny in a way. Uh, <laughs> a horny grandpa. <laughs> and uh uh kind of upbeat, and I was like, okay, it this kind of it kind of just flows, and for most of these town characters, it kind of uh began to flow, and uh the other thing was like you meet them every day, so okay, you can have like a small progression in their daily stories and so it was kind of a small framework to work within, so it was something I could have fun with in a way because everything else was pretty structured and serious and had to follow a design. So here it was almost like, okay, just anything that is fun and that kind of gives them personality.
0: Right, yes. They they definitely did did have that. And then again, it it was touching at the end, you know, again, with no spoilers, but at at first, you know, they were like, you know, you mentioned the horny grandpa and um, the older ones like, oh, no, no. And then... You know, it yeah. it, it, beca- it became very touching. <laughs> um, yeah. But 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 I like that as well because it it kind of helped release the tension that it wasn't all super serious. That it yeah. there was some humor. I mean, this game is not a comedy by any means, but there are some humorous elements as well. And, yeah, and
1: that is something like you know the dark stuff is more interesting when it along with something funny just seems
0: more real because you know like life exactly yeah that you know i mean with life as well like we we always seem to find the humor in situations that yeah even even when i was watching a documentary on the first world war which was very grim but even the soldiers were kind of making light of the situation and were uh you know they were laughing as well and joking amongst each other and it you know shows as well. Wow, you know we yes. do need to lighten up whenever we can. So definitely, yeah, um, and definitely it, it helped in in this game. And uh, yeah, no, as I said, the story was really, really strong. But I'm very careful not to give spoilers. And, um, but then regarding the the gameplay and puzzles, because there were some puzzles in this game, but it, uh, the focus was on the narrative. But just want to get your View on puzzles in general. Now, particularly, you've played other games like RPGs and that. Um, yeah. what, when designing game, when designing yep. Rain Swept, what, yeah. what was your view on yep. on puzzles? Because there are some people who say that they want really hard, challenging puzzles, and then other people say, no, we want to focus more on on the story and maybe more logical puzzles. I just yeah. wonder, what is your view on the puzzles when designing the game?
1: Yeah, so it is kind of risky, you know, uh, in some of these stories, when a puzzle really breaks the flow and gets frustrating and takes longer than you would expect, uh than you would prefer, there is that which you'd like to avoid. But at the same time, like, I tried, I would have liked to have, you, you might say, more, relatively more engaging gameplay. But also you know as a first time developer and not with a programming background that was also a uh, kind of a challenge so making my first game and you know a lot of there were a lot of things to learn so uh puzzles is like they did end up being a slightly uh, lighter than i would have liked but at the same time they were kind of the most i could manage at that point of time so uh, going forward, it's like every new game, I'm like, okay, gameplay is going to be more engaging or more complicated. And, uh, the aim eventually is to, yeah, um, have something more complex gameplay wise. But yeah, I-, I was also looking at games like To the Moon, for instance, and To the Moon is like, I don't know, as little gameplay as possible, I feel. Uh, mm. there are some, those puzzle sections, um, uh, not exactly a puzzle but you have to kind of uh, make a picture arrangement or something like that which is very disconnected from the story itself from the rest of the game but it's you know the story was so good for me I was like I can just I played it in one sitting which I rarely do and uh, so I kind of looked up to that as well that if they can give me such an experience then for now at least I should focus on a story which just flows really
0: well Yes, I, I agree, I think that was the correct decision because as and as I told you, I thought it was incredible that this was your first game because when I played it and I was looking through to see what else you had made because I was thinking, this can't be your <laughs> <the> first game <laughs> that's that, that this, this, the story I, I loved so much and I mean there were some puzzles in, in Rainswept with the, with the boat then, I believe with the photographs as well but yeah, yeah. I, th- I think as well that there are other games, mainly older games, where they clearly just add puzzles just to have a roadblock, have an obstacle for no reason. Yeah. That Oh, let's, here's a slider puzzle for no reason. Here's a <laughs> here's, here's a logic puzzle. And I have no problem
1: I, with yeah, them. But... I, that reminds me, I did play, like I said, I don't have much experience with old school adventure games. It reminds me, I played uh, The Longest Journey, the first one. Mm. Yeah. I think I stopped at around the duck puzzle where you have oh, to... Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one in famous puzzles. So, yeah, I was like, this is a lot. I just keep, need to keep looking at guides and everything.
0: Yeah, it's it's a shame because overall I loved that game, but I do acknowledge that there are issues with that game. And one of the issues is that particular puzzle which has become infamous <laughs> yeah um, al- along with the goat puzzle in broken sword and the cat puzzle in gabriel knight 3 it's um i definitely recommend if you have a chance to get back to it if, but then yeah. if you did if you weren't really if it wasn't for you then that's you know that's i Should have
1: but it's just like the backlog nowadays so oh, I, like I know a, tell a, me
0: about it tell me a yeah. it. <laughs>
1: hundred games like they're just waiting like before they're done. So, it's, yeah, I have to think a lot before. Yes,
0: and then, there, and then there are new games that keep coming out as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, The Longest Journey, I did love it overall, but there are issues and also there, there are very long dialogues in that game. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think in your case, with as you mentioned, you don't have much experience playing the Old School Adventures. I think that may have been an advantage because... For a lot of games released nowadays, a lot of the developers are fans of those games, and some of them keep yeah. trying to recreate that same experience. And They keep trying selling their games as, um, oh, this is like Monkey Island, and this is to help mm-hmm. you feel nostalgic, and that's really the main selling point. And again, I think nostalgia, of course, we're all nostalgic, and yeah. it can be good, but in this case, like in your game, um, Rain Swept, it's very new it's It's not like any of those games it tries to well it is something new, it is something unique, and that's something that really appealed to me so um I think in your case it's probably an advantage <laughs> hmm. um but yeah, and also with regard to puzzles, there wasn't any of those puzzles like in the longest journey, the duck puzzles so yeah and then, if you don't mind me asking as well what what uh program did you use? was it unity you mentioned that you used?
1: yeah. Unity and Adventure Creator.
0: Oh, that's the two of them, was a it? It's plugin. Okay, plugin, well, yes.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that was one of the breakthrough things because, I don't know, programming. And, uh, again, a lot of this backstory is in one of those Reddit posts. But uh, uh, once I kind of found out about this plugin and saw how it worked, and it was all visual-based, I was like, wait, I can actually make a complete game now. And that kind of was the moment when I was like, okay, we should do this. So that plugin was basically really, really important. And it's an amazing plugin.
0: Okay, because you mentioned you didn't have any programming experience and this plugin helped, but how long did it take you to learn how to do the programming? Did it it take a lot of study? (laughs) Because for me, I can imagine it would take a lot of study.
1: uh, for learning this plugin and Unity, because uh, I had never used them before. About six months, four to six months, uh, I was comfortable. The plugin makes it much easier because it's all visual. Like I still don't know programming, if you know, I, that day, if that wasn't conveyed. And I maybe I'll learn someday. I'm not sure, but I'm still using Adventure Creator and Unity.
0: Oh, it's a good. Good to know that there are those options for people who don't, yeah, uh, you know, who who don't have a background in programming. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's like uh, if there is an idea, which you know, maybe scope it down a little, it can be made these days. Right. especially and, like uh, uh, off topic a bit, but Dreams has just come out on PS4. And that's kind of crazy. Some of the footage that you can see, like it's insane the things you can make. So people have made, you know, this cartoony aesthetic kind of stuff, which is how it starts. But people have made re- uh, remakes of like uh, actual AAA games. they made PTs, recreated it in Dreams, and very photorealistic graphics. So it's like uh, the barrier of, you know, knowing technical knowledge, it's like almost... Uh, Being moved away. It is interesting.
0: The achievement is even bigger now that you didn't know programming, but you again you took it upon yourself to learn how to to program. You were very focused and dedicated. You quit your job, and then you made a successful game. That is, it's it's you know you can inspiring for everyone else because it's it's you know great great to see. And then because another interesting thing about this game is it's a side scrolling game that yeah. there aren't many adventure games like it that are just side-scrolling. There are more now. You mentioned Night mm. in the Woods as well, and yeah. there are more games like it as well, but certainly no games that I had played like it. Was Why did you decide to make it a side-scrolling game? Was that decision made early on, or was it then made later on in development?
1: So uh, one of the major things was uh, scope. Like, I could imagine... It would be technically easier for me to make, but uh, like I was saying when I did my research for uh, uh, looking up other similar games, a friend of mine had sent me a Reddit post. Again, long backstory. <laughs> uh, a Reddit post about some guy who uh, made a game and you know earned some money and stuff on Game Dev uh, subreddit. So this was before I even thought of making a game, and uh, the main focus was the post of his and how he learned from scratch and everything so adventure creator is what he used so that's how I found out about it and the game he made it's a small game called the last time Uh, again a very small adventure game narrative focused and that was side scrolling yeah I think it was completely side scrolling so and I saw how many copies he sold and how much money that made and I was that was one of the main you know really small scope games that even if I made that I would make enough to live off of and uh, that game sort of became a guide to begin with like okay this is something I can make so uh, also because it used Adventure Creator so there were a lot of parallels which I could refer to and that being side scrolling and Night in the Woods being you know the art style was pretty attractive but also it looked like I could manage something similar aesthetically uh so these kind of game two games were a big reference story focused and atmospheric yeah
0: yeah i think it then it works in this game as well i haven't played that game i'll have to check it out as well but it's it, it kind of it does work as well now you can also go down in some cases in your game as well too i think to the hotel if i remember correctly um oh. but yeah no it's uh, it you know again it it works i think um but okay and then using uh with i remember the music is also something that really stood out to me and i see that you worked with mick Hammack, who worked on downfall the cat lady and lorelei how did you yeah. do you remember how you got in touch with them yeah how, yes i was wondering if you could tell so- us how you got in touch with them
1: that's interesting as well, because uh, I was browsing the adventure creator forums again, and uh, in the forums, he had posted, you know, I'm, um, you know, looking for developers, you know, make give me a send me an email, and I'd like to make music for your game. So I didn't know who he was. And I just kind of stumbled upon that. And I was like, Okay, sure. Give, you know, send, I sent a mail. And uh, then I told him about my game idea, and he really liked it. And uh, then he told me who he is, and I didn't really know about the cat lady at the time, but I kind of looked it up, and I was like, okay, this, this game is really good, and his music is really good, and they really like the idea as well. So uh, didn't have to, I didn't have to look for you know anything else after that.
0: Yes, no, definitely, music as well is very strong point of this game that, again, it's really atmospheric and it really works as well. So and h- how did you work with them? How closely did you work? So did you let them know what you were looking for and then you got the music back? How How did you yeah. work with them?
1: So uh, I would have basically uh, ideas for uh, what kind of a track I wanted. Uh, kind of in a, you know, a cinematic kind of a process. So listening to a lot of soundtracks, movie soundtracks and game soundtracks. So uh, some major inspirations like Alan Wake or uh, there are some South Korean murder mystery. Uh, so one of my favorite, my all-time favorite is uh, Memories of Murder*. Uh, so music is very inspired by that movie as well. So I would send him a link, couple of links, describe the mood and everything. And today he would send me I draw a little back and forth about what I like, what I don't like, and everything. And yeah, that, you just kind of create something like that.
0: Sure, yeah, well, as said, it, it worked anyway. You have the, you know, you, you had the music, you got the atmosphere and the, the story as well, that overall it really, really worked. And as I said, it really affected me a lot more than I expected going into the game. <laughs> that i thought this this would be a, like a normal murder mystery or is it a murder mystery rather and um and yeah then we got this that you had me really shouting at the screen <laughs> because you're just see with the characters like don't make that choice no don't don't do that but
1: yeah it really makes me happy to hear that and you know it's also surprising like especially in the beginning when people started reviews started coming, I I was really surprised and really happy that the parts which I just wrote because I wanted to, and they worked also. Just uh, quite happy about that.
0: Yes. As as we mentioned, it's, it's ambitious, you know, for a first game and for it to work as well, for it to have that effect on people for the first game as well, it's, it, it is a great achievement, so... Now, I don't know if you are able to talk about it, because you're working on a second game now as well. I know it's still in early uh, stages, and you, uh, you there's still no title at time of recording, but are you able to tell us anything about the new game that you're working on? Is there anything that you can tell us about it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um everything except the name (laughs) because that's been a (laughs) really long time-consuming process even with Rainswept like names are really difficult to come up with Mm. so uh, well yeah this one is aesthetically almost the opposite of Rainswept in a lot of ways Uh, first of all it's based in a very warm sunny coastal place and uh, you know uh, actually it's not a inspired by where i live which is goa it's a really small state in india and uh, the game is just a very relaxing nostalgic kind of a story and it's uh it happens in a single day and it's about a struggling author going back home and you know reconnecting and uh, reliving some memories and uh, it's about the process of creativity and passage of time and impermanence and all those things and yeah, the premise is he basically just has to, he'll, he'll be traveling back home for a sort of a party at, so it's like a very mundane, everyday kind of a topic. Um, yeah, like, uh, again, not to give too much away, but but mm. uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> no need to go into the details, but yeah, that's basically the premise of the story.
0: Sure, okay, Yeah, of course we don't want to give any spoilers before it's even released, before a <laughs> <has the> title. <laughs> that would be the last thing we want. It's um, pretty
1: confusing you know like because when you talk to yourself you can talk about anything uh, right. about the idea and then you're like saying these things out and I'm like wait I shouldn't talk about
0: that. <laughs> well, I've, I've had that as well with other developers that you can tell that they really want to go into more detail but then they have to stop themselves. <laughs> another
1: so, interesting thing and a different uh, change from Rainswept is that this is in 3D so okay so this is, is in
0: yeah. full 3D
1: so that is something I really wanted to try out for me it's a lot more immersive when the world is in 3D and uh, it was a little intimidating at first but at the same time I was a little bored about 2D You know, was like I don't want to do 2D again so fortunately a few months of uh working with 3D became really comfortable so
0: yeah okay and what is your experience what is your experience with 3D now do you uh you know are there any advantages working with 3D compared to when you made rain swept in 2D um, or
1: differences diff- yeah it's basically not as uh uh not as complicated as I expected but then again I'm kind of making a flat style kind of thing so I don't have to do texturing and everything so I'm skipping a lot of the uh, difficult stuff but uh, it's uh, it's fine it's not that difficult it's definitely more interesting for me because you can create a world and in especially in a cinematic uh, aspect it's like you make the world and then you just place, you know play around with cameras and the composition comes later so you can put your cameras anywhere and you can create shots after the game world is ready i think that's really interesting because in 2d you have to kind of design the frame and here it's like you can just change the camera at any time that i really enjoy
0: right yeah because it's more cinematic then i imagine right yes okay And, well, I see on your Twitter that you have some GIFs and some screens as well, and it it looks really nice. I I look forward to seeing more. And then, again, without going into details of the story, I see one tweet that you wrote. It's that it's an upcoming, chill, story-driven indie game with beachy, relaxing vibes and a focus on nostalgia, memories, and appreciating the present. So that seems different to Rainswept. (laughs) Doesn't seem like dark. (laughs) As Rainswept. Uh, was that, was that intentional? Was that intentional? that Did you want to just do something that feels a bit different, that is maybe not as dark? Or did it just come naturally to you?
1: I think it sort of came naturally. Uh, ba- basically, this, yeah, it, it just kind of uh, happened over a few months. So I started working on this at around uh, last year, June or something. But I went through like 10 to 12 different ideas. Uh, and none of them would work. And I don't know, there were like so many different ideas and I kept starting and scrapping and starting and scrapping over because brainstorm uh, uh, was kind of like a ready-made idea. You know, like as soon as I thought like, okay, let's make a game, the idea was like there because it's all the things I wanted to make uh, from a long time. Uh, and I had to like ask myself for ideas from scratch. So, and basically i was kind of going through a block and it was frustrating so i did the typical obvious thing of writing about that and made the character you know a writer who's struggling with a block and i had just moved uh so like i said i live or lived in goa which is this coastal place and i had just moved to mumbai which is a very urban very developed kind of a place and i was because of that i was inspired and interested in setting a game in an urban setting of that sort so uh, if Rainswept was kind of a small town I wanted to go full uh, you know city life kind of a thing and I tried doing that and uh, none of the worlds or the artwork was very interesting and it it was difficult as well because you have to draw a lot of detail in you know urban places and um, then I don't know I just started gravitating towards making a small coastal kind of a place I'm like uh, I came back home, uh, this last December and, uh, had a really good time. And I was like, forget it. You know, I'll just make something based in Goa. It's what I know. It's, uh, it's sort of inspiring me. I'm getting kind of nostalgic about it. So that urban aspect went as well. So it was a struggling author in a coastal place. So it, it has ended up being, uh, you know, opposite of Sort, but I think it was pretty subconscious.
0: Right. No, it, it, it looks very nice and, and definitely, uh, I imagine it, it might make anyone who plays it want to visit Goa as well to, to go to those very nice places and buy the beach and the good yeah. weather. <laughs> and, uh, um, definitely. it, it, it certainly looks nice. And now you're making this game completely by yourself, like you made Rainswept. Uh, is that correct? Uh,
1: for the most part. So I am, uh, working with some publishers here in mumbai and uh, they basically yeah they're doing the publishing stuff but they're also helping me with the character models and animations because uh, that is something i'm not uh, i have no experience or skills in it's pretty complicated for me so yeah apart from publishing they're handling that part as well that's
0: good to hear and then uh, finally if you were offered because i know you're working mostly on your own now and with rain swept if you were offered the opportunity to work as part of a studio do you think you would i mean i know there's a lot of if, ifs and buts and all mm-hmm. of that but yeah do you would you consider it would you like it or are you happy working on your own
1: mostly uh, so yeah that is obviously something i've thought a lot about and uh, a lot of times you know when i'm just working alone i'm like i could do this for a while but at the same time it's Like, how long can you do it, you know, in your room Mm. alone? That doesn't really look like something I could do for a lifetime. And, you know, I watch these documentaries making off uh, a lot of games and everything. I do like how teams work together and uh, working in a studio where everyone's on the same page. uh, That sounds really exciting. So that is something I'm interested in. And sort of like a step below that, um, I would also like to, you know, a big, if I'm making a project again alone, I would like a couple of people working with me on the game, maybe some programmers or artists uh, so I can also scope a bigger game. So definitely I think next project might actually be more than being solo.
0: Okay. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll see. I mean, because well, I'm well, i looking forward to this new game set at the, well, the beachy game that I think yeah. after Rain Swept I was I was like, okay, whatever you make now, I, I, yeah. I will I will get it because I really enjoyed Rain Swept. And it's it's good to know as well you're doing something different. You know, this in 3D and a different kind of story as well. Um, but what I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. Um I think that's all the questions that I have. I mean, I would have a lot of questions with the new game, but I don't want to give any sp- give any spoilers, so <laughs> I think we'll, we'll, we'll wait until you're further ahead in development. Do you first do, right. yeah. do, do you know more or less do you have any idea when you might like to release it or which quarter or which year or anything at all or or when it's ready?
1: Yeah, I do have uh, you know, very optimistic ambitions of releasing it soon, uh, later this year. That's oh, okay. what I'm aiming for. So yeah, but yeah, you never know.
0: <laughs> sure, it yeah, depends on on a lot as well. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I look forward to it whenever it's released. Uh, and I I hope you can get to to make the game that you want to make, like you did with Rain It's yep. um and. And yeah, so I think that's all the questions that I have. Again, you know, if I ha- if I ask any more questions on Rainswept, we're probably going to spoilers either <laughs> one of us. So, um, is there anything else that you would like to to say to anybody listening? Is there anything that we haven't covered that you would like to to mention?
1: Um,
0: no, well, I don't
1: think so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of things that <laughs> you can talk about,
0: but <laughs> yeah. No, I think there are a lot of things but as as i said i think we've we've given just enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well let's see first of all where can people find you online
1: um okay i twitter is the main place uh, where i post the most often so what's my handle at let me check
0: and at uh, CrossFood
1: underscore i n d crosswood f R-O-S-T-W-O-O-D.
0: Okay. And uh, and I see that you have a website as well, frostwoodinteractive.com, where people can find out more about, well, Rainswept. And Rainswept is also available on Steam, correct?
1: Yep. Steam and uh, GOG, GOG. Oh, congr-
0: congratulations. That, and I find that any time a game is available on GOG, on GOG, that's an achievement by itself. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so because I, I've heard other developers say just how difficult it is with you know with uh I forget the name but with their analytics or whatever but it's uh, or the way that they work so well that, yeah. that's good to see <laughs> um and they will find out more about your your new game well, well hopefully find out more later this year but what I would say as well is take your time to, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, and okay I mean, I'm
1: excited to you know, reveal and release as soon as possible.
0: Sure. well, I mean, we're... I'm
1: not giving myself time because it is exciting and I just want to uh, show more and share more as soon as possible as well.
0: I'm sure just to get it out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the very best of luck with it. I'm looking forward to it, as I'm sure many people are as well, because as I told you, there are several people who I spoke to who who really enjoyed your game and who wanted... Me to speak to you, so finally we get a chance to speak.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, really good speaking to you.
0: No, thank you very much. And hopefully we can meet each other in person sometime. Uh, At the time of recording, we are in lockdown.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Any sort of uh, movement is like God knows when kind of a situation.
0: We'll see. You know, whenever I can leave the house, that's my father told me that uh, this year his birthday present for me is. To drive me or to drive me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs>
1: drive you out of the house.
0: Yeah, so we can go for a drive when it's safe. And okay. we get you know, that would be that would be a perfect present right now, just to when we can leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But ho- hopefully next year, whenever we can meet at some conference at EGX or at uh, at, or yeah. at, at VentureX. Rainstart is a conference now at Jesus. <laughs> 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 Maybe. Well, thank you very much, Arman, for uh, giving your time as well. Very kind of you. And best of luck with the game. Thank you. So that was my interview with Arman Sandu of Frostwood Interactive. I hope you enjoyed it. And a huge thank you to Arman for speaking to me. I had a great time speaking with him. And I'm looking forward to checking out Forgotten Fields. So I played the demo and I really enjoyed it. So I'll be speaking more about that in the near future. And you can check out the Kickstarter page, you can check out the trailer, and you can find out all the information you need on the Kickstarter page. And you can then decide to back him if you so wish. As I said, I have myself, and I'm really looking forward to playing the game when it's released. So that is it for this episode. This coming Friday, I will have another interview with another developer who just has their game on Kickstarter. I'll be speaking with Marco from Red Martyr Entertainment about their new game, St. Kotar, which is on Kickstarter now. They also have a free prologue, which is available to download from Steam, St. Kotar the Yellow Mask. And that was a really fun interview, and the game looks really fun as well. And I've also just backed that game on Kickstarter, so you can find out more about that this Friday. So until then, have a good week, everyone. Take care. Goodbye